and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tenkar, and I am oh, with none other than Matt Finch, best known for Swords and Wizardry, Frog God Games. Yes, we've finally gotten back to the Designers and Makers series of interviews, and if you're going to come back to it, coming back with Matt is probably the best way to go. Matt, welcome. Thank you very much. So, you know, just a little background for people. I've I've known Matt now for uh, a couple of years. Uh, he is yeah, just just a couple, just a couple, uh, and he is pretty much uh, one of the, my major inspirations for getting into back to the OSR, uh, focused on swords and wizardry. Uh, I did the swords and wizardry appreciation day a few years ago, uh, and. Please, all this stuff is because of what Matt put out there for us. But, Matt, not only have you done Swords and Wizardry, and not only were you involved with Osric, but uh, you were doing a series of videos on YouTube where you used 3D terrain as kind of a virtual tabletop with uh, remote players. Yep, we were running the... uh running the camera along the miniature's eye view of the uh, yes, uh, the right. terrain that they were going through. So, you know, when we were in a dungeon, we had dungeon tiles set up. So you were seeing it from the uh, from the viewpoint of the, of the characters, basically. Which for me was awesome because I, I've watched a few, I don't know what you call them, real play uh, games online, whether it's through uh, YouTube or listening to them. Uh, as a podcast, and it never really drew me in. And then uh, your Jordober series drew me in, and, and that 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 took a lot, and that was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I mean, it was it was fun fun to do the you know the the, the high point was any time that I could get uh, Skeeter to freak out because of what he was seeing. Stop, stop. Nice, that is. <laughs> Oh, and if you folks haven't met Skeeter, uh, watching Skeeter freak out is is certainly awesome. He's uh, that's uh, Skeeter Green of Skeeter Green uh, Productions now because he's come out with uh, uh he's got his own company. Came out with uh, Crypt of the Science Wizard is the latest thing that he did. But uh, he's 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 way more fun when he's like. You know, oh my God! When you when you, when you turn the camera around and you see something, suddenly there's you know a scary looking mini in the camera. It's, yes, twenties at his best, absolutely. Skeeter has a very expressive face and face and uh, one hell of a sense of humor. And uh, there are stories I can't tell uh, on a recorded medium about Skeeter, but uh, needless to say, uh, he is entertaining. That is an understatement. Yes. <clears throat> so, Matt, uh, with your current Kickstarter, the City of Jordoba 3D Printable Terrain by Otis and Lovecraft, you, you seem to be have, having taken that inspiration of your YouTube channel and, and, and you're bringing it to, to everybody. Uh, yeah, I, uh, which actually I can't claim credit for that idea. Uh, sculptor uh, named Ian Lovecraft saw some of the episodes of the game and was, you know, basically noticing that I had was, you know, jury rigging pieces, you know, to, to make them work with the thing. And he actually contacted me and said, Hey, do you want to, um, 
you know, sort of work together to, uh, you know, bring these, you know, visual images into um, something that other, that people could just print out and uh, and then paint and have. And, and I thought, you know, yeah, that's great because I was, I was already three D printing a lot of the pieces by that point using Tom Tullis's um, uh, dungeon kits for the most part. That's uh, uh, Dragon Lock, uh, name of the company is Fat Dragon Games. So I was using a lot of, of his stuff. So it made, um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of jumped at that opportunity and, and we set up 3D print craft and uh, sort of took it from there. Well, I mean, I, I'm looking at some of the work and, I, and I've seen, you know, I, I ran Rappanathic uh, a number of times, which was using Tom's. Uh, 3D printing uh, models for one of the levels of uh, Rappanathic, the Mouth of Doom. And it was beautiful and awesome. But uh, this looks like it's taking you to a, a different level. <laughs> the detailing well, I mean, is it, amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, this um, this particular Kickstarter we're working on, uh, City of Jordoba, is... Um, it's an area that I don't think anyone has really done in the 3D printing world yet, which is a um, a city sort of viewed from the standpoint of you know what a swords and sorcery kind of city as opposed to one that's based on Tudor England, and so it's got much more um, uh, influence from uh, the Middle East, from North Africa, from Southern Spain. Um, and then, of course, that's all you know, twisted into uh, into unreality with Errol Otis's uh, you know take on that kind of thing. He did a lot of the concept art for it, and uh, you know, I, I threw in a lot of the um, requirements for it in terms of the playability because you know I think that a lot of these uh, Kickstarters aren't necessarily you know they're they're done. By an artist, and they don't necessarily always take into account the fact that you know you're going to have a figure here, or where is an interesting place that somebody, you know, might put a figure. You know, does this create opportunities for um, the gaming, you know, side of things? Um, so the because um, I mean, one of the strong points, for example, of city adventuring is the third dimension. Is is, yeah. is there a lot more? You can, uh, you know, you don't have a ceiling on it. You've got this image of the, the walls, you know, being sort of more climbable or more accessible. There's, you know, different floors within the buildings and the three D. Um, so the the miniatures that you use with that, by, by which I mean the models, ought to be designed in order to reinforce that sort of thing so for example balconies uh niches in the walls where a figure can hide you want to give opportunities to the people who are playing to actually see you know here's what's on these walls here here's what's there right. because it gives you ideas for miniatures that you don't get when you are simply describing something in terms of what people see the theater theater of the mind uh only only really goes so far and the more complex the surroundings you know in a city of course is very very complex compared to a dungeon the more complexity that you get in there the the more useful it is 
especially when you're playing with miniatures, uh, the more useful it is to have that detail designed up there for playability. And so yeah, that that was one of the things that I brought to it was the uh, you know the knowledge of you know how this stuff you know gets used in play. Um, and, and our sculptor, of course, you know he knows about that, but really not uh, not to the level of uh, familiarity I've got with tabletop gaming. So that was sort of where that um, you know how how that partnership came about. Well, and you you strike on something that's pretty well said and interesting. Um, Theater of the mind does work very well with things like dungeons, because they're all set usually pretty much on a grid, and we can visualize that and we can see that. But when it comes to city adventures, a lot of times city adventures either. Uh, get lost in the detail or they get lost because of a lack of detail. They either have, you know, uh, too much going on for the players to grab onto or not enough for them to even know what to do. And when you're giving them terrain like this, city terrain, that is not just atmospheric, but gives them a view of what they're dealing. You're, you're setting the atmosphere much better than I think you could do any any kind of theater of the mind. Maybe if you had one of like the the the, the art books where you know you don't put your you're showing the people like you know from uh, Tomb of Horrors. Don't stick your head in the uh, sphere of annihilation. You can you can show them pictures of what something looks like, but to actually have it in three D in front of them, that. This 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 tempts me to actually get a three D printer. Of course, I have no idea where Rach would find room for it for me. I maybe her yoga room. There you go. I mean, you just plug it right down in the middle of the yoga room, and you won't. You totally won't get in any trouble at all. No, no. I I, I think that it would fit there fine, and and wouldn't it be good for the mantras to have that sound in the background of the uh, plastic spitting out? Oh God, it would be very dangerous. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I I agree with you. I think that if you're gonna, you know, for there, if you're gonna have a tactical combat in a city, I think that you know using miniatures is probably. I, I every time we've done that without miniatures, it's I've drawn you know fairly detailed you know maps of what's there, and I'm I have to you know you have to mark down that you know the number of stories tall that the building is. You have to show where the balconies are and in two dimensions. That doesn't work as well. I mean, I, no. for, a, for a tactical combat in the city, I actually would prefer, assuming that I've got the models, I would prefer to uh, to use the models. And there are, you know, a, a bunch of possibilities out there. There's a uh, there's some Russian company that prints the stuff in press board, and then you sort of notch it together. Um, is one possibility. And then there's also, you know, Tom Tullis uh, again, Fat Dragon Games sells. PDFs that you can print out onto cardstock, um, right. which is you know, a little heavier than regular paper, but it's under pencil handlet. And then you cut and glue that stuff, and then you've got the, uh, um, you know, the, then the actual models, and then you know, uh, there's three, there's three D printing, and then after after three D printing, it starts to get kind of expensive. The three D printing is pretty cheap. Well, and that's the whole thing. I mean, I I did get uh, dwarven. Overnight, I I I backed a couple of uh, the kickstarters and for Dwarven, a lot of the three D terrain and 
Yeah, the Dwarven, Dwarven Forge stuff. Is the, name, is the word you're looking for, yeah. Yeah, thank you. And it's beautiful stuff. Um, don't don't get me wrong. It, it really is beautiful, but it's, it, it's expensive. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, oh, I don't really want to take it with me out of my house to go gaming with because, God forbid, a piece breaks or gets lost. I've lost, you know, something that's important. Whereas if you're printing it at home with 3D with the 3D printer, um, you, you know, you can just print it out again. Or if you need more, it, it's a lot cheaper and easier than going all out with, uh, uh, you know, pre-made terrain. I, 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 I know that, you know, 3D printing comes out to be pennies on the, uh, on the mini. Um, I'm sure it's not much more for a lot of these terrain pieces. Glasses. No, it's, it's, it's dead cheap once you, and even, even the printers now are very inexpensive. You can get one of the, uh, the, you can get a very adequate printer for less than $200 now. It's called an Ender 3. Um, and then also resin printing it has just become a lot more affordable. I have, That's for, you, you would only use that for miniature figures, not for terrain. Okay. But um, it gets you a much higher level of, of snap to the, to the detail. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of people doing miniatures on, on that as well. Certainly, I think it's better for miniatures than... The 3D printing filament plastic that people use for terrain, but I think that the filament plastic is going to be what's used for terrain, and I think that those cheap resin printers are going to be what people end up using for minis. But either you know, both of them are you know, again, you know, dead cheap compared to you know, even compared to bones minis. Well, you know, and and I'm looking at some of the paint jobs, and it looks like the plastic really takes paint nicely. And uh, I was always worried that, you know, plastic, the paint would kind of uh, slide off a little bit. Yeah, but oh, no, that's these, these no, it takes really nice. Yeah, it takes the paint just fine. The, the, the downside uh, detail wise on the 3D printing is actually from um, if you don't have um, your printer set up well you can end up with these horizontal occasional horizontal lines and you can you can tell there are imperfections in it so you can you right that has imperfections um which you know depending on how imperfect they are you know maybe just fine for government work or maybe something that makes you throw the thing around and start over again but um you know but that's where the problem lies with the printing it takes it's it's great with paint it's just as good as miniatures yeah, because I'm looking at the detailing right now on the Kickstarter page, and for those who, again, it's, uh, if, if you went to Kickstarter and you look up City of Jordoba, it's going to take you right there. And um, some of this detailing is, even unpainted, is simply amazing. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't freehand any detail uh, onto any of those pieces. That's all uh, done with the texture uh, in the piece itself. Ian Lovecraft is an incredible sculptor uh, with 3D stuff. It, he's just absolutely uh, you know, one of the best out there. Um, and in fact, in, in terrain, I'm not sure I wouldn't say that he's uh, that he's the best out there. He may very well be. Um, because, yeah, I mean, all of that is just um, you know, it's a base coat, um, then a wash, and then a dry brush on a lot of that stuff. Really? Yeah. That's 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 pretty that's that's pretty good. That's I still remember doing you know 
the base coat. And of course, uh, actually doing the highlight with a dry brush. But yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, I, God, you, dude, you know, you, you're, you're t I've looked at this, you know, Kickstarter numerous times and I'm like, well, I, I don't have a 3D printer now. I'm like, well, if I, if, if I back it, then I'll have an excuse to get a 3D printer. Um, yep. It's, you know, it's Christmas next month, right? I mean, uh, you have to negotiate a place for it. That's all. Tom will be happy. Tylus has been trying to get me to get a 3D printer now for, I think, a year and a half. I'm I'm almost tempted to say so you shouldn't get one just so you don't give them the satisfaction you know but that's that's well uh, yeah it, it, yeah that, that that is a good inside joke too for people who don't know Tom Dulles great guy <laughs> but uh, yeah sometimes you just don't want to give him the satisfaction it's it's true because then he'll you know expect to be satisfied and he'll go walking around you know yeah. walking through the world There's satisfied you know and, and really can't happen. He's, no, he's, yeah. got remain, he's got to remain on that knife knife edge of tension that keeps <laughs> all of his activities going. So I'm looking at it now. You've got over 200 backers. You're just short of 12k. You got seven days to go, which is very, very nice, nice, nice for. Um, it's not an expensive Kickstarter, really. I mean. No, it's got a it's got a relatively low buy-in at, at uh, 60, 60 bucks. A lot of people doing three. I mean, three D printing Kickstarters are a different kind of world from the uh, role playing game books Kickstarters. They've got some of their own characteristics. Uh, recently, a lot of people have begun uh, dropping the initial buy-in price on these, and um, I'll go ahead and they. Uh, they they obviously they tend to be smaller. I mean, Tom's uh, hundred eighty thousand dollar one was you know very very unusual. There's one right. other there's one other large company out there that does that kind of numbers and there's an enormous drop down. I think the the next largest one I've seen um, was about sixty thousand. So uh, you know a, a third of what Fat Dragon Games did on theirs, and it's a really you know it's. Um, there are an awful lot of people who are doing these Kickstarters. This one's not doing as well as I'd hoped. Um, frankly, okay. I, thought, I thought we'd be at about 20000 right now because the what's being given away in the basic set alone, not including the stretch goals, is a, it's, a, it's a pretty generous package, and it's really, really well sculpted. So I'm really not – I'm not particularly sure why it's not doing um, as well as, the, as, as we thought it's – going to i mean it's certainly doing well we're going to get uh, a lot of stretch goals out there to people i'm i think it's pretty likely that it's going to pick up again more than normal toward the end because we've got one of the things about this is we've got a huge huge number of people who are following the kickstarter meaning that they haven't pledged to it but they've said that they okay. want to get the um the alerts when it gets close to ending and stuff like that so right We'll see, but at the moment, um, I've got a. I just thought of this, but I've got a. I've got a, a present for for everyone who's listening to this. So Ooh. Let me find where this is. Okay. Control C. Ah, now I can't find Discord again. Where's it going to be? Here it is. Okay. And so I'm going to put this into this link into the message right, block here. I think there's only three or four people. Fine. Uh, we got about uh, 
Maybe close to a dozen. Okay. So what I, just, what I just dropped in here is a, a PDF that is, um, it's got some short tables for generating city adventure mission types. And then it talks a little bit about how to use 3D terrain in different types of city adventures. And, um, and it, it, uh, it, it obviously contains a link to the Kickstarter because it's kind of like a free sample to get people uh, to go and buy the stuff that, that are the pictures in the Kickstarter. But those tables in there are completely standalone. So, and they're not, they're not copies out of uh, Tome of Adventures. I'm, they're, they're tweaked a little bit for the, uh, for the fact that it's a city and um, to make them simpler in, in terms of the results. Than the long okay. form results that you get in terms. So there's, so there's that I present. See. You saw it on uh, on on Tankar's Tavern first. So there it is. I just uploaded that a couple of hours ago. Oh, nice. Well, for those who don't know, Tome of Adventure, Tome of Adventure Design, which I actually had the original, I think three volume paperback, you know, soft cover releases on that one too. Um, is one of the most amazing resources if you're looking to. Uh, kickstart your brain when you're trying to write an adventure. I, I've used it numerous times, so I, I, I thank you, Matt, because you've helped a lot. <laughs> and then, if anyone, you know, for for those who are listening, that uh, that link, it, it's stuff that you apply on your chest. Yeah. Okay. So it is up at the top there. That link. Go ahead and share that to to absolutely everybody, because like I said, it's it's kind of like free sample advertising. So uh, you know, the the more people who see that link uh to download yeah, this pdf the better so share it you know far and wide to anyone definitely i'll include it in the uh, show notes and i'll know i'll put a post up later all right sweet good good stuff so now uh, to take us uh off of the uh, 3d minis for a moment uh i know i've i've teased this a lot on the blog and in different chats but uh uh, and I know there's a lot of information. It's not right, right, quite ready for prime time on it, but Frogod is, uh, I don't want to call it a reboot, but That's you guys right. are going to be re-releasing uh, Swords of the Wizardry. That's right. So I'm a box set. I'm quieter than normal because my dad actually... That, that is so freaking awesome because, uh, first off, you all remember the box set. And it's not like a basic set size box set. It's a white box size. Box set, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a complete game. It's divided up. In fact, I just got from Mike Battalotto today um, his his breakout of the text into the four books that we're going to do. Um, and so from there, we're gonna we got to check it for completeness. Um, we will, uh, you know, take a look at the the various errata that people have sent in and make sure that. Um, that we're getting that stuff in there. Uh, Casey Christofferson has been working on getting art for it for a long time. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, really, it's it's almost done once you've got it divided out in the books. It's, it's already been written. Uh, we're not making any changes to the rules. We're going to come out with um, supplements afterwards that will offer a bunch of uh, you know, a bunch more detail as as optional for the game, but um, right. you know, sort of as a as a you know, whether you view it as a periodical or, or as supplements or however you view that, but we'll do that uh, after the Kickstarter on a, on a regular basis. 
but it's you know really the the contents of the Kickstarter itself are pretty much done. Um, there's awesome art. We uh, we went with uh, you know there there might the the, co the covers are going to be in color. There might be one or two full color pieces in the books themselves, but for the most part, we're using black and white art that's got a third color uh, involved in it as well. Like you see that stuff where like you know it's all black and white except for somebody's cake is colored in red, and then you know there's like red. Right where else on the thing it's, it's that style so that people know uh you know people don't get the nowadays when people see something that's in black and white they get the immediate impression that it's only in black and white because you didn't want to pay for something that was in full color and that's not you know obviously the, what's going on here because what we're looking you know there there is a real aesthetic and, and an effect to the black and white art that was in yep. those earlier books. It's got a certain power to it. So by integrating that third color into it, we sort of, um, you know, alert the, the the mind to the fact that it's it's not, you know, this is a decision. You know, this is a color book. It can, it's a color book containing black and white art. Okay, so now you know there's a reason why it's black and white art. People can appreciate it. Um, you know, for for the for the type of art that black and white art is, right, and and still appreciate the fact that it could have been color, and uh, we're not we're not cheaping on it. And and in, in all honesty, I mean, Frog God books have you know Bill's done the uh, take it out to my 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 backyard on my farm and put bullets in certain books and see how well they resist. Frog God goes to, uh, always to the, uh, I guess, to 11 if we're going to do Spinal Tap when it comes to the quality of their releases. I'm looking forward to it. These ones are going to have staple spines. Upgrade you need for the Challenger Charm? And uh, thank you, Mage, for... And we have a we have an audience yeah. in our chat today, and he's been uh, putting some links to some Swords of Wizard stuff, some of the Wizardry Light. I'm just gonna give so, you. So thank you, thank you, Mage, for taking care of that. What the fuck that? Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, no, this is this is gonna be uh, a, a lot of fun with Swords of Wizardry. I've I've already you know told folks that I I have plans that I'm working on now, so I'll be ready when. Uh, the Kickstarter launches to be able to have a few releases to go out to coincide with it because I, I really do think that uh, Swords and Wizardry is going to uh, do very well with this Kickstarter. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, every time you come out with um, a set of rules, and this is the reason why a lot of companies do different editions of their rules, which is not what we're doing here, but it's a, it's certainly a, a new presentation of it. But every time every time you come out with a new set of rules, um, you you get lots and lots of new activity on something, and it uh, I, I think it's going to create um, probably a, a lot more new players who haven't seen it before. Um, it's you know just just like you're doing. I think it's going to create some more third-party publishing of interesting yep. stuff coming along with it. it. It's always a lot of fun when you do something like this, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see a box set of it done um, done right. She can do it. She can do Well, you know, we have Zach now as a frog, and 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 Zach is probably one of the few people in this industry that was able to self-publish a box set and not lose his ass on it, so. Of course, when you when you mention it to him, he just whimpers and hides under tables. As well he should, really, seriously. Now, for those that don't know Swords and Wizardry, um, 
Whereas I look at Castles and Crusades as kind of like the bridge between third edition and the OSR. I, I look at Swords of Wizardry as the bridge between the different games or rule systems within the OSR. Because your AC is ascending and descending, and it goes back to the original presentation of OD&D, that it, 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 you can write an adventure for Swords of Wizardry, and you can play it in Nasrick or Labyrinth Lord, uh, uh, even Lamentations, um, and, or, or Axe, and it'll fit seamlessly. You don't have to con really convert, and that's the great thing about the OSR in general. But Swords of Wizardry, in my opinion, just fits that niche so well. Yep, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's um, it's fairly well centrally placed, centrally placed in a lot of that stuff, which is kind of odd because it, it was it was not you know the middle of the timeline. It was the beginning of the timeline, but for whatever reason, like this um, it it seems to work as something that you can use in pretty much um, you know certainly an adventure, sort of wizardry adventure, something you can use in pretty much any. Uh, of the old school rule sets, yep. as odd as that might be, given the fact that it's really designed around the the first thing that happened in the mm -hmm. timeline. Well, it, it is designed around the first thing, but with the complete rules, it pretty much plays how we played AD and D one E after we jettisoned all the rules that made no sense to us. So it's been a good decoration. Yeah, I think so. I, well, I mean, and Castles and Crusades kind of does that too. Um, but the you know it, it does it you know using a couple of different mechanics like the siege engine you know whereas um, but you know swords and wizardry definitely just you know you can you can use it with any one of the old sets because it, it covers the same territory pretty much as advanced D and D in terms of the character classes and um, yep. a lot of that other stuff because for for complete we drew in. You know, all of the supplements plus a lot of the stuff that had been written in Dragon Magazine, um, the Dragon at that point, um, the uh, stuff from the Strategic Review, and a lot of that also got um, folded into Advanced D&D, you know, without so much change. So there's all the stuff from the, from the Dragon or from the Strategic Review. I think you basically got the same input into Swords and Wizardry that you got into Advanced D&D. So yeah, I mean that, no, that's you're, you're pretty much yeah, and, and you don't have a a bard class that requires you to go through two prior occupations. Well, you don't have a bard class. We don't have a bard class at all. No, no, I I wrote one for Knock Spell Number Six, and that's probably what killed the damn magazine. Yeah, it was actually um, a whole lot of people un unpurchased issues number one through five because of your bard class. Yeah, it's quite possible. I think. Uh, Sean Slatter yeah. also had a bar class in that one, but yeah, <clears throat> I've learned since then. I'm, I think I'm a better writer now, so we'll 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 see. I'll I'll, I'll try it again. <laughs> in time for the lunch. Well, Matt, thank you uh, so much for uh, spending the time with me, with our audience, uh, folks. If you have any questions, put them up in the chat, uh, text chat, or else uh, we are going to consider this. Mage, Mage, what are you doing? Oh, you're putting up Knox Bell 6. Thank you, Mage. <laughs> this, is, this is where you can buy the, uh, the issue where, where Eric killed the entire magazine with his bar I killed class. the Yes, and, and I can tell you 
It came out uh, shortly before I got married because uh, I gave away copies of that to uh, uh, the small group of people I got together from my bachelor party because I was so proud I was finally published. Uh, all right. How would you say Swords and Wizardry uh, compares to basic fantasy RPG? Um, I think you can use pretty much anything that in one system with the other. They are fairly fairly close, although uh, basic fantasy does stick to its three E roots a little bit tighter. But well, uh, I mean, I think you know, when, you know, Chris is that's uh, fantasy. Basic fantasy RPG is written by Chris Gonerman, um, and it actually came out the uh, um, was well, it came out pretty much exactly the same time as Osric. One of one of them had the, uh, I think the final version of Osric was out before the final version of yeah, um, BFRPG, but I think actually he yeah, had his first draft so. of uh, BFRPG out there before um, the first draft of, of Osric came out. But the, it's based on um, the basic books, um, you know, the, the, the basic version of the game, and I think that he used um, Moldvay for his basic set, and then he um, drew in aspects of, of, of third edition to you know to make it work, make it legal, so on and so forth. Um, and, uh, and so I think that the the big difference there is what is covered in the two games, just because you know Swords and Wizardry complete um, it pulls in on a, a lot larger. Um, set of game resources you know like i said it's the strategic review it's the dragon magazine right. it's the supplements um just you know odnd was always larger than any of the basic sets and so um I, that that i would say is the is the large difference although you know using the ascending ac option in swords and wizardry like eric said i think you can play it seamlessly um, with yep. BFRPG because with BFRPG does use an, an, uh, an ascending AC system. Uh, it does have some, you know, Put in the dice things that are in there from uh, third edition, but um, you know, as as for for you know for what Chris wanted to do, I think he did. Um, you know, I think he hit the nail it's right actually, on the head in terms of what he was trying to do, which was something that bridged the gap a little bit between the. Uh, uh, the OSR and then the the more modern stuff. You know, he was looking to update and, and streamline. Yeah, that's right. I don't feel so. And good. the support material is awesome. Anything, uh, the adventures and settings that are available there, I think they're all free in PDF. They're pretty much at cost on Amazon. So, uh, yeah, support Chris, man. He does some great work. As does Matt, of course. <laughs> Um uh, so folks, um listening at home. Uh City of Jordoba. I'm going to include a link to the three D uh printing Kickstarter for the City of Jordoba in the show notes. Um I, I really suggest you give it a look. If you don't have uh a three D printer at your house, you may be like me, you might become very sorely tempted and, and risk the wrath. Um I, I'm, I'm sure I could print out like yoga bowls or some shit like that with this thing too. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's something I can do to make it palatable. Turn literally hit. Also, you can on this Kickstarter buy the printed 
uh, buildings. There, there is one of one of the high tiers is is for that, but the uh, uh, prices on that, as far as the three D printing community is concerned, okay. um, are very very high. The people who buy Dwarven Forge will probably see it as pretty much dirt cheap for that. But yeah, it, it, it's all a matter of perspective. But uh, if 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 you really want it and you don't have a three D printer, now is the time. I guess I gotta get Tom Tullis on this podcast at some point to talk yeah, to printers. Uh, he can, well, I mean, plus that uh, that and he can abuse you nonstop through the whole thing. So yeah, if you ever see Tom Tullis at a convention, it's likely I'm gonna be at the convention, and uh, you'll see Tom coming along, whacking me in the back of the head, grabbing me from behind, and uh, doing unmentionables. That would be the bald-headed man known as Tom Tullis. What's really funny, though, is when he's doing interviews and stuff like that, he's totally professional. But he won't be professional with me. We know that. Probably not. But that's just because it's you. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is true. Very true. Um, yeah, also, also, you, can print, you can 3D print yourself a neti pot. Oh! You know, that might be an excuse. That might, that might go over well. You see, I just gotta find things that aren't necessarily direct the game related that I can print with it. And then uh, the other thing too is that since the stuff is plastic, you've got to watch out for, you know, direct heat sources on it too. Okay, it's yeah. probably not a good thing. Okay. All right. So you know you can't you can't uh, 3D print yourself you know, a saw to max out our critical eye attack. Okay. Well point taken. And uh, of course folks uh sword and wizardry gonna be a box set. Very soon, wait for it on Kickstarter. Of course, you'll hear about it from me because once it's announced, it's, it, I, I'll, I'll, I'll scream it to the mountains because yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, geek, you are gonna geek out big time. Yes, uh, listen, my, you know, Mike and I are already geeking out. We're already writing spells, you know, for later books, expanding the spell list. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's inspirational. It, it is. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's fun stuff. Well, again, Matt, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, joining me and everybody else here. Um, on that note, I am going to say goodnight to everybody. Uh, folks, We will. Uh, I will talk with you all tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody.